Welcome to the Legacy of Legends, a Dynasty podcast. Join the Legacy of Legends team as we talk about the ins and outs of fantasy football, specifically from a Dynasty perspective. Our purpose is to help you make the moves to leave your mark and establish a legacy in your Dynasty League. And welcome. My name is BJ Kent, and I'm joined by my co-host, Marcus Raper. Marcus, how's life been, man? What you up to? Yeah, been good, been good. I'm enjoying this cooler weather for sure. Uh, it finally feels like football when you walk outside. You got to put a hoodie on. It does. Uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a chubby guy, so I like hoodies. Uh, yeah. and, and it feels like football weather, so that's pretty nice. What I don't enjoy, though, is uh, watching the Braves blow a 5-2 to two lead a little bit ago and the Dodgers winning their first game. It's starting to look like last year all over again, so hoping maybe they can pull it out. What about you, BJ? What you been up to, man? Nah, man, pretty much just word, church stuff, uh, staying active and staying busy. That's been about it. Uh, we, me and you were just talking a while ago about just needing a, a vacation for a little while, you know, like just a getaway. Uh, but I agree with you, man. I'm glad that we're getting that cooler weather. Uh, I like the fact that we can go out and wear like hoodies and shorts right now and be completely fine and not have to worry about, uh, you know, getting sweaty and stuff like that as bigger dudes. Uh <laughs> But man, I want to I want to stop and take time just to thank the listeners for tuning in and helping us grow. Uh, right now, we're averaging right around about twenty listeners per episode. So thank you guys for that. Uh, so like I say, every single week, just as two average dudes who love to play fantasy football and just talk about it and just have random conversations about it, we just want to take this time and say thank you guys. Uh, we also want to take this time and thank our second favorite podcast, Plowboy Radio, for uh, all the support and stuff they've been giving to us every, each and every week. They, uh, they play a little small commercial ad for us, uh, one that me and you, Marcus, are supposed to be recording and sending it over to them, but they, they've made one for us. And uh, so shout out to Ben, Derek, and Bradley for all the kind words and love they've been sending over here. Uh, if you guys are looking for a good podcast uh, with some good sound theology uh, spoken by uh, some pretty funny dudes. Y'all check it out. It's Plowboy Radio Podcast. Uh, go check them out on all your uh, all your platforms there. Apple, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all of it. Uh, so, Marcus, man, going into today's episode, we got a pretty good episode today, a real short one. Uh, one that I know me and you are going to run through real quick, but we're also going to have some good conversation with and stuff as well. Uh, in today's episode, we'll have our review of our week six must start, must sits. We'll have our Legion of Doom, our home league. We'll have our week six matchup recap. We'll have a fun segment, something we wanted to kind of change it up a little bit with a Halloween candy fantasy comparison. Uh, basically, what we'll be doing is taking things about fantasy football, some players, stuff like that, and comparing them to Halloween candy since Halloween's coming up. And then we'll finish our episode with our start and sit of the week. I know it's a, a crowd favorite, apparently, you know. And so, Marcus, talking about must-starts and must-sits, go over this week six real quick. Uh, so, in week six, who was your must-start and how that work out for you? Uh, week six, I told you to start Hunter Henry. Uh, he ended up two catches, 25 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, so, as far as booming, uh, didn't do that. Uh, but the must-start, uh, like I said, he ended up meeting his projection. Uh, and Mac Jones looks to be uh, – you know, looking Henry's way in the red zone. So for the future, uh, if, you know, Belichick likes using that two tight end set. Uh, and if, and if he gets to work in just one way with it, uh, which is Henry, uh, he'll be a, you know, a tight end for the future that you can use. Uh, but like I said, this past week he met projection. So if you start him, you got exactly what you were supposed to, uh, wasn't a, wasn't a, a great prediction, but, uh, he didn't fail either. And, and, get you negative points or, you know, less than what you was looking for. Yeah, I know for me, man, I, I like Hunter Henry. I think he's a good tight end. Uh, I'm a Johnny Smith guy. I drafted him in a couple of dynasty leagues. Uh, I actually got him in a tight end premium league as well. And so selfishly, I'm kind of, I'm kind of upset that Hunter Henry is doing so good. Uh, but I like the fact that Mac Jones as an Alabama fan, I like the fact that he's doing well in the NFL. Uh, a lot of people said he's a game manager and I think, that's exactly yeah. what Bill Belichick wants, you know. Yeah, and Man, so we, we, we was talking about before uh, before the podcast, talking about looking back in the past, talking about tight ends from from New England. Man, it's hard to imagine what you had with Gronk and Hernandez there. You know, I mean, you had two tight ends on the same team that you could start each week uh, yep. because they was putting up you know 12, 15, 20 fantasy points a week. That's wild <laughs> to think back on. 
who was it at uh it was with Antonio Gates at the Chargers. It was Antonio Gates and there was another tight end there that was uh, about the same predicament to where you had kind of the red zone threat of Antonio Gates, but then you had another back as well or another tight end as well. Uh man, I can't remember man, who it was. I know what you're talking about, but I can't remember who it was. I'll look it up later and get back with you guys on that. Uh, but my must start of last week, uh, man, I'm not tired of all these must starts. Uh, so last week, uh, if you've been listening to our podcast for any length of time, you know that it's best to probably ignore my must starts and must sits. Uh, the past week was no different, at least for my must start. I told you guys to start Damian Williams. If you started him, you probably should have checked your lineup and saw that he uh, has some unfortunate timing because he tested positive for COVID-19 on Thursday after the podcast dropped. Uh, but I will say this. I did have an honorable mention of Daryl Williams for the Chiefs with CEH out, who put up 23 fantasy points on 21 carries, 62 yards, and two touchdowns. And so basically, man, if you got Daryl Williams in your lineup, uh, if you got him off of fab or whatever it was, I would plug him in for the next couple of weeks. Uh, I don't think that was a bad honorable mention. Uh, and honestly, if you took my advice and started Damian Williams, you need to play closer attention to your lineups, and that's kind of more on you. Uh, Marcus, what do you that's think? Def- about- definitely not BJ's fault if you started a guy on the COVID list. <laughs> what's your What's your take on Daryl Williams with CEH being out? Man, I think uh, I think as far as just from a football perspective watching those two guys run the ball. I think Williams is the better running back, which, of course, I like a bigger back, a more physical back, uh, and that that's what he is. CEH, uh, he looks to bounce it outside too much for my likings. Uh, and as far as just from a football perspective, I think Williams, you know, is the better back And when it comes to fantasy. Of course, with CEH out, uh, that offense is explosive. They're going to be in the red zone a lot. They're going to be down close to the end zone, and he's going to get those carries because he's the only back at the moment. So, I mean, I like starting him. If I had him, uh, he'd definitely be in my lineup. Yeah, and I will say this kind of a side note as well. Uh, CEH, I think, is out for at least two more weeks with him being that short-term hour. Uh, something I would recommend our listeners do if you're in a dynasty league, send out some offers for CEH to see if someone's out there willing to sell him low during this time. Uh, I made an offer this past week and sold T. Higgins for CEH in the Dynasty League. Not particularly happy about the move, as I'm a big T. Higgins fan, uh, but I just needed some running back depth because I had Chris Carson on my team as well. So just kind of send out some offers, see what you got. Uh, Marcus, who was your most hit last week? How'd that work out? Well, if uh, if you watch Monday Night Football last night, I told you to sit Ryan Tannehill. Uh, he went 18 for 29 in an interception. Uh, he scored 14 out of a 24. Uh, predicted points uh, and adding a Russian touchdown is the only thing that that even kept him that without that Russian touchdown he would have he would have stayed under 10 points and definitely would have been uh been disappointing uh if you was looking for Tannehill to win your matchup on a Monday night unless you just needed a few points he didn't do it for you so maybe you listen uh but you know all he had to do was turn around and hand the ball to Derek Henry uh I forget how many points Henry ended up with uh, but why would you throw the ball and have a chance of it hitting the ground when you can turn around and hand it to Henry? Uh, it it uh, For the future, I, I don't know what's going on with the, with the Titans' offense. They looked explosive last year. I know uh, A.J. Brown, I think, was sick last night. They didn't look his way much. I think Julio ended up with a decent performance. But as far as throwing the ball this year, if you're dependent on any of that from the Titans' offense, I would, you know, you're, you're in a bad spot. Yep. And I like your note here in the show, Doc, as well. Shout out to Robbie, who uh, we had him on as a special guest last week. He nailed his must-sit. He said to sit Tyler Lockett. And uh, honestly, that was, that was a great call. I mean, Tyler Lockett has been struggling with Geno up there, just as we talked about on the show last week. Uh, but, yeah, I know uh, with Tannehill, man, a lot of people were high on him on the offseason. Uh, I know a lot of people who did startups and actually ended up going quarterback late just so that way they could draft Tannehill. And I don't think it's working out for him so far. I probably haven't I've got him in. I've got him in two leagues. That one of them, I think I'm zero and six in, and the other one, I think I've got maybe one win in it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I get it. Uh, but last week, man, I told you guys to sit the entire New York Giants offense, and I actually think I may have hit on one, man. It's crazy. Uh, 
And so last week uh, in that New York Giants offense, you had Daniel Jones put up two fantasy points, which if you started him, you were extremely upset. Devontae Booker had 10 fantasy points, thanks to four catches out of the backfield. Sterling Shepard had 17 points. Kadarius Tony only had six, and Evan Ingram only had four. Uh, overall, if you started Shep, you were pretty happy about it, and uh, that was about the only good point to this offense. Uh, the Giants actually seemed to game plan around Kadarius Tony last week, but once he got injured there in the first, second quarter, uh, seems like the Giants basically gave up on that game plan. Uh, but also, hopefully, Galladay and Barkley make their way back to the starting soon for the fantasy managers. Uh, I know I looked. I went ahead and looked ahead for our show doc here later on, and we're going to be talking about a couple more of those giant wide receivers in the future uh, later on in the podcast. Uh, but man, Marcus, let's uh, let's break down these Week Six matchups for the Legion of Doom. Uh, right. So, like I said earlier, our, our home dynasty league, Legion of Doom, is made up of a variety of people. We have close friends, a father-son duo, brothers-in-laws, preachers, deacons, pretty much everything. Uh, we all got together and played in a 10-team, one-quarterback PPR dynasty league that started back in January of this year. Uh, so each week we'll recap our matchups in a brief format that will still be enjoyable for the average listener. We'll talk some studs and duds of each matchup as well. And so our first matchup real quick, we had Adam's Hitman Sharpshooter sitting at 2-3 and three versus Ben's Stink Face at 1-4. and four. Man, uh, I giggle in my head every single time that I say Ben's stink face. Uh, <laughs> and so if you listen to our episode last week, uh, our man Ben, who's a good friend of the show, uh, he had to rebrand his team from Doomsday Device to Stink Face because he lost a bet with Derek Mendable Claw. Uh, he looked to pick up a much-needed win against a tough sharpshooter. So let's see how that turned out for him. Uh, as far as sharpshooter goes, top performance for his team was Daryl Henderson, 24 fantasy points. Man, Daryl Henderson is looking like an RB1 right now for the Rams. Uh, you have Marvin Jones. You have Marvin Jones put up 23 fantasy points for him. Henry Ruggs put up 21 fantasy points. And Khalil Herbert put up 19 fantasy points. Uh, sharpshooter Adam only had two disappointments on his team, and that was Gerald Everett with seven fantasy points and Chase Edmonds with nine. Uh, you go over to Ben Stinkface, and his top performers was Cooper Cup, who had 34 fantasy points. He had Joe Burrow with 31 fantasy points, Joe Mixon with 27 fantasy points, and Daryl Williams with 23 fantasy points. The two disappointments for Ben's team was Devontae Booker with 10 and Allen Robinson with 9. And so what we had last week was Ben picked up a much-needed win. Um, so he ended up moving to – what was it? He moved to 2 and 4. Adam moved to – Two and four as well. That's crazy. And uh, next week's matchups, I actually forgot to top it up in the show doc, but we'll actually see their matchups later on. Uh, so, Marcus, a couple of questions real quick, man. Uh, first off, in your take, your honest opinion, will Cooper Cup? I know that he's been a big surprise for the season. A lot of people thought, like, you know, Matthew Stafford, when he goes to L.A., he's going to fall out and stuff like that. I don't think anybody expected Cooper Cup to be putting up these kind of numbers this year. And so do you, in your honest opinion, think that Cooper Cup will finish as the wide receiver one in 2021? I think it's a very good possibility. Uh, I think if not him, it's going to be Devontae Adams. I think Hill has kind of fell off in the last few weeks. You're showing, uh, seeing some some flaws from that offense. Uh, so Cooper Cup's definitely, you know, him, him or Adams in my mind end up as number one. And a lot of people's talking about Corderell Patterson being the steal of the of the year, but I know Cup was probably drafted a little higher, but he was not drafted as a as a number one overall fantasy wide receiver. So if you took Cup, uh, I think I looked the other day he was going like fifth, sixth round, even even a further back than that in a few leagues. Uh, you know, you you drafted the wide receiver one, and you know the sixth, seventh round, you're super happy with that. So. Yeah, I definitely think he could end as the as a wide receiver one. Yeah, and I agree with you on that. I think uh, him or Devontae Adams are probably your two top front runners. Uh, as far as people outside of those two, you may be looking at like Dio Samuel, if he continues to be Jimmy G's favorite target. Uh, you may have like CeeDee Lamb, but I know CeeDee Lamb's had a couple of bad weeks. But Cooper Cup, man, he's been right up there. Uh, but Marcus, kind of taking another transition real quick, man. Uh, Allen Robinson. Uh, for the wide receiver for Chicago Bears. I know that a lot of people had him as their dynasty wide receiver ones as far as like on their dynasty squad. Uh, so on a scale of one to 10, how panicked are you right now 
if you have Allen Robinson on your dynasty squad as your wide receiver one? A 10, for sure. Uh, he's. I honestly think Mooney is going to finish the season with more fantasy points than, than Robinson. I've never been high on Robinson, uh, even even in the past. Uh, but even even more now with Fields as the quarterback, I think for the rest of the year he's got that job locked up. And I'll just be honest with you, and I may eat my words in a few years, but Fields is trash, uh, and that doesn't do anything but hurt Robinson even more. Uh, I don't like him as, as a quarterback. <laughs> Didn't like him as a quarterback coming out of college, so. Uh, I think if you've got Robson, I don't know what you do with him. I mean, you can't trade him. Nobody wants him. I mean, he's basically, according to who's on your team, he's almost a bench player at the moment. I mean, he's not not doing anything. So, on that yeah. on that same note, we was talking to you talking about disappointments for Ben and Devontae Booker with Barkley being hurt. Are you starting him next week against Carolina's defense? No, nah, I'm probably not, honestly. Uh, if I got one of these – now, I'm not going to lie, though. It's a little bit different because this week uh, you got a lot of teams on by. You have uh, the Vikings, the Steelers, the Cowboys. Like, they're pretty much every good team is on by this week as far as fantasy goes. Uh, so, now, if I don't have anybody, I may start Devontae Booker. Uh, some people that I would probably rather start than him would be Daryl Williams. Uh, I would probably – if Damian Williams comes back, I would probably end up – Starting him, I know he's on the COVID list right now. Uh, I would look to start even Elijah Mitchell for San Francisco. If he comes back this week and is kind of uh, catching that rhythm and stuff, I'd probably even start him over to Monte Booker uh, and even Chub- or Chuba Hubbard and all of them. And so, you know, Booker, he's all right. I know a lot of people were kind of disappointed with that that fab that's been on him last week and stuff. Yeah. But, I mean, it is what it is. This This year has been crazy for fantasy running backs, man. Uh, you have pretty much all all those top fantasy running backs went down this year. And so people are just scraping by to get what they can get. All right. Moving on to the second matchup, we had uh, DJ Sweet Chin Music versus uh, Robbie's RKO. So we had the Kamish versus the Godfather. So from Sweet Chin's team, the top performers, we had C.D. Lamb putting up an astonishing 36 fantasy points. Noah Fant had 24, Najee Harris, 24, Dalvin Cook with 21. The top disappointments for Sweet Chin was Lamar Jackson with a mere 13 points. Devontae Smith only putting up five points in the Tyler Boyd with one point. Top performers from RKO was Matthew Stafford putting up 32 points. Adam Thielen with 29 points. Aaron Jones uh, from the trade that he made a couple weeks ago putting up 21 points. Deontay Johnson had 18. Top disappointments from RKO was Mike Evans with four, Dan Arnold with four, Van Jefferson with four, and Gainwell with only one point. Final score was Sweet Chin 148 over RKO with 135. Sweet Chin moves to three and three to face on Hitman Sharpshooter next week. RKO with four and two, looking to take on Stinger's Flash. So, BJ. Where does C.D. Lamb stack up in your dynasty wide receiver rankings at the moment? Man, so if you were to ask me this question before this season, I would probably say top 10 if that. Uh, He was actually one of the guys that I was trying to acquire in dynasty uh, before the season started, trying to kind of catch him on the the stock going up. As far as right now goes, ah, man, I'm going to say top four. And that's in Dynasty. And that's with having Justin Jefferson ahead of him. That's with having Devontae Adams up there, Tyreek Hill up there. I think he's in that category as far as Dynasty goes. Uh, I think he's up there along the ranks of DK Metcalf, A.J. Brown, all of them. Uh, the biggest thing that's going to be helping City Limb going forward is that he's tied to Dak Prescott. Uh, if you've watched any of these games this year, Dak Prescott seemed to be looking his way over Mark Cooper. Uh, I know in this matchup, it was pretty crazy. Robbie actually had like an 80% chance to win going into the fourth quarter of that uh, Cowboys game. And CeeDee Lamb wasn't actually looking that great. I think he was sitting like around 18 points. But then if you watch that game in overtime, uh, Lamb actually caught the the game-winning touchdown. I think it was a 36-yard touchdown against uh, Jalen Mills. Uh, was the corner or the safety against them. And whenever Lamb caught that touchdown, he just turned back around at Mills and just waved at him and said, like, hey, y'all can go ahead and go, y'all can go ahead and go home. 
but yeah, I think he's up there as top four. What's your take on it? I think for sure, and I'm not a Cowboys fan uh, by any means, but I drafted Lamb in a couple couple leagues. This is the first year uh, that I've ever put Cowboys players on my team, uh, but I took Lamb in, in two different leagues because I think, uh, just like you said, his his success is going to be tied to Dak Prescott staying healthy. But as long as Prescott's healthy, uh, Lamb's definitely I'm, – I'm putting him top three. Uh, I, just like you said with Jeff, Jefferson's, and ultimately I'm a Packers fan, so I'm going to put Adams ahead of him. Uh, but I, I think Lamb, uh, right now, if I had Hill and could trade him straight up for C.D. Lamb, I'd do it in a heartbeat. I thought that's a bold take, man, but I like it. Uh, I, I would. Do what? Go ahead. I said City Land's probably my favorite wide receiver right now as far as yeah. it goes in the NFL. Yeah, I, I, I like him, too, uh, and, and don't like the Cowboys, but I like watching him play. Uh, with the injuries uh, to running backs this year, what's your top three dynasty picks if you're doing a startup today? Man, so I was looking at a tweet this past week by a guy that I follow on Twitter. Uh, I think it's like a FF Kyle or something like that. And he was talking about dynasty startups, and he said that where he would go right now in a dynasty startup would probably be Jefferson, Lamb, Chase. And when he said that, it kind of got me thinking, like, okay, well, I've been in a lot of startups this past year. You know, I was probably in about four or five different dynasty startups. And in doing that, I saw running backs go extremely early in that first round. And so with the question here, you know, we've had so many injuries to running backs and stuff like that. It kind of makes me wonder about that old argument of dynasty wide receivers being more valuable than dynasty running backs. Uh, me and you just looked at it at, you know, the draft. What was it like two years ago, three years ago? Three and years a lot ago. and a lot of those running backs that were taken three years ago have pretty much fallen off. Uh, but you had people taking like Tyree Keel in the third round of dynasty leagues and um, Devontae Adams taken as the wide receiver seven and stuff like that. And so you see those like, as far as wide receivers, their shelf life does end up see, seem to be longer. It kind of was running backs only being really good for about two or three years. It kind of does make them a little bit more valuable as far as dynasty goes. But the real question here is, do you want to waste the one Oh one, on a running back that may end up going down to a hamstring injury, going down to an ankle injury, whenever it seems like wide receivers' values are a little bit better. So, honestly, if I'm going right now and I got the 101, I would be tempted to go Jefferson. I'm not even going to lie. Uh, it would be between him and still CMC pretty close. Uh, but I, I would definitely be tempted as far as taking those uh, receivers, Jefferson, Lamb, uh, I probably would hold off on doing Devontae Adams right now and then as far as your top three picks in Dynasty just because of the age and because if you're trying to build that that squad and stuff, you kind of want those young guys. Uh, what's your take, Marcus? What do you think about with these running back injuries and how it's going with Dynasty startups? I, I definitely uh, – I'm probably going receiver. Uh, I, like you say, probably probably Jefferson. My only thing with, with the receiver is he's tied to a quarterback. And Adams, mm -hmm. as you say, Adams is a little older. You got Rodgers. You don't know what's happening there next year. You don't know if he's leaving or if he's coming back or I think he's gone. Uh, like I said, with C.D. Lamb, uh, you got him locked up with Dak for the next few years. Uh, that's the problem with Justin Jefferson is you've got Kirk Cousins who's older. You don't know what's going to happen with him. Uh, the only thing about a good about a running back is they're not as dependent upon the quarterback play. Uh, you've seen Christian McCaffrey do it with, with whoever uh, – you know, Dalvin Cook, some of those guys. Uh, I I know this is this is way off, uh, but I'm telling you, as far as health wise, uh, he looks he looks healthy and and he's he's you know performing really well. Najee Harris, man, he's he's moving up my board every every time I watch him play. Uh, he he's gonna sneak up there, and I know Henry's old, and people keep talking about how old Henry is, but when you watched him play Monday night. Uh, man, he looks like he's 22. The mm -hmm. dude has been going and going. He doesn't get hurt. He, he, you know, he's he's a physical running back, and people keep saying, well, he's going to have that drop off. Uh, but if you watch him play, uh, it doesn't look to be coming anytime soon. Uh, and arguably this year, I think he is the running back one. You know, and a lot of people took CMC, Saquon Barkley was up there. That's two guys that's already been hurt a lot. You know, I mean, if, if, you know, I, well, the times I've been beat 
in in a couple different leagues, it's it's been by Henry. Uh, he's he's beat me on two different occasions in two different leagues. So uh, probably going wide receiver, but you know if you can find a, a running back who can stay healthy, uh, especially somebody like Najee Harris. I don't you know if you're starting a starting a team today, I, you you may want to look that way. Yeah, I think even throwing DeAndre Swift in that category as well. Uh, I know a lot of people probably had their dynasty leagues right now based around Najee Harris and Devon, and uh, DeAndre Swift. And if you got those yeah. two guys, man, yeah, you're set well, that, for at least the next couple of years. That's like in the you know in the Legion of Doom. I've got Swift and Gibson, and if mm-hmm. those two guys can get healthy, I'm going to be hard to beat with Devontae Adams as well. I just need nope. just like this week, Gibson. You know, I think he's got an MRI again, trying to figure out what's going on with the shin. So, if I can get him and Swift to get healthy, and uh, Kyler Murray on top of all that, you know, I mean, I'm set up for the future. Yep, and then I think got yeah, young dudes such as like Chase Claypool as well could very easily turn into your wide receiver too. And so uh, the next matchup we had Derek's Mendable Claws in three and two versus Landon's Diamond Cutters in an zero and five, looking for that first big win. So, breaking down Mandible Claw's performance real quick. His top performers was Leonard Fournette with 30 fantasy points. Leonard Fournette continues to impress the season and actually ends up being one of the best consistent running backs. He has Stephon Diggs sitting at 23 fantasy points. TJ Hawkinson sitting at 15 fantasy points. Top disappointments for Mandible Claw was Zach Moss with only four fantasy points. Justin Herbert with only 13. Michael Pittman with five. And Hunter Renfro with six. You go over to Diamond Cutter's team, and you had top performers for him was Josh Allen at 34 fantasy points, Cole Beasley with 21 fantasy points, A.J. Brown with 16, and Mike Gusecki with 19. That Monday night matchup proved to help out Landon a pretty good bit. Uh, top disappointments for Diamond Cutter was James Conner with 8 fantasy points, Keenan Allen with 10, and Mike Williams with 4, which was a week too late for my week 5 must sit. So I was off on I was one week off, Marcus. I had it, bro. <laughs> uh, in this matchup, though, you actually had Landon squeak by and win against Derek. And so Landon moves to one and five on the season and will take stink or face on against stink face in, uh, next week. And then you'll have Mandible Claw take on Rock Bottom. And so, Marcus, talking about dynasty rankings and stuff, man, I had a conversation with a guy this week on Group Me in another league that I'm in. Uh, with Josh Allen going bananas right now in the 2021 season, uh, pretty much, you know, the Bills don't have really a run game, but instead they've been playing through Josh Allen. With him going bananas right now, who do you see as the top five dynasty quarterbacks right now, just as far as your personal rankings? Oh, uh, I think in, in my order, it's probably Murray, then Allen, then Mahomes. I think they're the top three in, in everybody's rankings. Uh, I also, you know, I think Dak's a close fourth. I think uh, just to go with a couple young guys, and that's more than five, but I like Burrow and I like Mac Jones. I think Mac Jones is the is going to be the guy in New England for the for the future to be. And I think Burrow, man, he looks really good. He's tough. I uh, like his demeanor. Uh, and, you know, I, I'm always going to try to talk up Aaron Rodgers. I think he's got four or five years to play. I know in Dynasty, you know, you don't want a quarterback that's going to, only play four or five years, but if it's top tier guy, uh, like I said, that's more than five. But what, what do you think, BJ? Yeah, right now, if I had to give my five, I'm probably going Mahomes number one, just because I think he's tied to Andy Reid. Uh, plus, as far as like arm talent and stuff, and just physical nature and things like that, he's probably one of the best quarterbacks that I've ever seen. Uh, number two, I'm probably going to go Kyler Murray. Uh, just man, that offense is is awesome. Uh, he's proven to be a great, great dual threat quarterback. Uh, three, I'm going Josh Allen. Four and five is where it gets tricky at because I like Dak Prescott and I like the weapons that he has. Uh, but I also like Lamar Jackson and Justin Herbert. And so if I had to go kind of like top five, top six, I'm probably going Dak at four. Uh, probably going Lamar at five, and then Justin Herbert at six. Uh, I got Burrow up there in top in the top ten. Uh, I think uh, you know there's a lot of good quarterbacks up there. Now, like you said, Matt Jones, uh, he I want to put him in my top ten right now, but I man, I need New England to get some wide receivers. You know, like I I, I need it. 
And I think, I think honestly, if you've got him in a wide receiver too, as far as a, your dynasty super flex league goes, man, you are set for the future. Yeah. I think with Herbert and I'm, I'm high, I'm high on him. Uh, but when I watch him play, he does not impress me. Uh, he, he misses a lot of throws. I, I've watched him play a couple times and, uh, this past week, I, I watched about that whole game, and he just – man, he misses wide open receivers, makes some bad throws. And another thing that hurts him is as far as the fantasy quarterbacks, the division that they play in, uh, right now they're blowing everybody out. I think I think they took him out in, what, like seven, eight minutes to go in the game this week. Uh, so they're blowing everybody out so big, you know, he, he's not putting up big numbers. Uh but but of course Herbert's he's right outside mine. Uh, yep. to, to go along with what you're what you're talking about there though, uh, talking about uh, talking about Leonard Fournette earlier from Derek's team, he was drafted at nine oh three, and he's currently sitting at the running back eleven. Mm. Uh, do you think that continues for the rest of the season? I mean. Is is he the man in Tampa Bay? Honestly, man, as much as I want to like Ronald Jones, uh, I don't think he's got what it takes as far as Tampa goes. I know Bruce Arians is looking for a back that can be consistent, not have fumbling issues. And right now it's, it's you know, what they call Lombardi Lenny and playoff Lenny and touchdown Lenny and all them. Uh, Leonard Fournette, he, he's, being, he's being regular season Lenny right now. I know. And he's looking great, too. He's winning people a lot of matchups. Yeah. Uh, I will say, man, I, I I like Leonard Fournette as far as that goes. Brady's always got that one back that ends up seems to do better than, than the rest. Uh, but I will say this real quick before we move on. Shout out to Landon for getting that first W, man. Uh, I know right. that I know that feels like that that weight of weight of that losing season is off his shoulders now, and he can string together a couple of wins. I know he's got some uh, some injuries and stuff like that to his team, but I know CMC is gonna be back in a couple of weeks. AJ Brown started to look healthy again. Man, also, real quick, A.J. Brown, even though he was sick and was held scoreless until halftime, he ended that game with 19 fantasy points. You know, that that's that's crazy. Uh, but like I said, shout-out to Landon for getting that first W. We'll see how it goes next week against Ben's stick face. And so hopefully he can string together a couple wins. Yeah, yeah, it's time for him to turn it on. We'll talk about the fourth matchup of the week, which was Kelby's Rock Bottom at two and three versus Greg's Brogue Kick at three and two. Uh, top performers for Rock Bottom was Tom Brady, uh, 21 fantasy points, Justin Jefferson with 13, and Jalen Waddle putting up a whopping 29 points. Uh, top disappointments was Austin Eckler with only nine points, Miles Sanders with eight points, and Amari Cooper with 10. Top performers for Broke Kick was Aaron Rodgers with 28 points, Jonathan Taylor with 29 points, and Jamar Chase looking like Rookie of the Year with 14 fantasy points. The top disappointments was DJ Moore with nine, Tyler Lockett with five. Shout out again for Robbie calling that bust. John O. Smith with only one, and Miles Gaskin, what in the world is he doing with two fantasy points? Uh, the uh, final score, I don't have the final score. Uh, I think uh, Kel- Kelby ended up winning. Kelby won. I don't know what the score was. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I updated my Google Docs a little little too late uh, or a little too early. Rock Bottom uh, goes on next week to take up uh, Mandible Claw, both of them sitting at three and three, and Brogue Kick will move on to face the surging Vertebraker. So, BJ, what do you expect Miami to do next year at running back with Gaston being so inconsistent? And I had this conversation with a guy in another fantasy league uh, just last week. Uh, he had a trade request that was basically James Robinson and Miles Gaskin and a couple of little small pieces. And uh, so we were talking about Gaskin. I, I don't mind Miles Gaskin, I'll be honest with you. Uh, I think he's a decent running back. However, I think – Miami, as far as that offense goes, the one piece that they are missing is a consistent running back. Uh, you got Tua, who ended up playing lights out in London Sunday. Uh, you had Jalen Waddle come out balling. You got Will Fuller on short-term IR, hopefully be back pretty soon. Uh, Mike Gusecki has came out balling since that week one goose egg. And so it seems like running backs that one area that they're missing. 
Um, honestly, what I expect them to do is come out next year and get one of them top tier backs. I expect them to go out. Uh, they're probably going to have a top five uh, pick next year in, in the draft. And so I expect them to go after Isaiah Spiller, Brees Hall, uh, somebody like that. And so I think if they did that, I think that they would be pretty set to be fantasy relevant in the future. What do you think? I think you're right on. I think Gaskins is a good running back, uh, just not for that system. Uh, you know, they're they're more that spread style, going to be throwing it a lot out of the back, which, I mean, I think he's a decent pass catching back. But, you know, I you put uh, like an Alvin Kamara, CMC in that, in that offense, and they're going to excel. But as far as, you know, uh, you know the the way that that Gaskins run, trying to run in between the tackles. I just I don't think that's ever going to fit in Miami, not with the style of offense that they're running at the moment. Yeah. And so we'll move forward to our main event of the week. It was the meeting as the mask, as it was done. Uh, it was Marcus's stinger splash at four and one versus Mitchell's bird breaker at four and one. So you had the battle of the four and ones. And so we had two teams coming off of both four-game win streaks in the main event. And you had Mitchell and Marcus were fighting for the number two seed behind Robbie. And so you had Sting versus the Hurricane. And so for Stinger Splash, top performers was Kyler Murray with 29 fancy points, DeAndre Swift with 17, and Alex Collins with 16. Top disappointments for Stinger Splash was Antonio Gibson with three fancy points and Chase Claypool with three fancy points. Top performers for Verda Breaker was Derrick Henry with 37 fantasy points, Antonio Brown with 24 fantasy points, Travis Kelsey with 17, and James Robinson with 19. Top disappointments for Verda Breaker was Marquise Brown with six fantasy points, T. Higgins with seven, and Terry McLaurin with six. The final score was Mitchell 161, Marcus 116. Next week's matchup. With the Verda Breaker taking the win, he moves to five and one. I think he's actually sitting atop the standings right now, if I'm not mistaken, pretty close up there with RKO. Uh, as he will take on Bro Kick next week. Then he has Stinger Splash move to four and two. And we'll be taking on Robbie at four and two with RKO. Uh, Marcus, I have a comment here as far as the show doc goes of what, where you think your fans team is right now and how you like it. You kind of just answered that a while ago. So I got a little follow up question, something a little bit different for you, okay? Uh, I want to look at Tampa Bay's offense real quick. We just got done talking about them. Uh, their wide receiver, you've got the best quarterback in history playing for them. You know, you got Tom Brady out there throwing throwing darts to people. Uh, however, you got a wide receiver core that is a three headed monster. You got Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Antonio Brown. If you've got one of those three on your fantasy team right now, uh, number one, who do you prefer out of the three? Number two, how hard is it for you to trust one of those wide receivers knowing that any given week, the one of the other two could end up just booming, leaving you with only two or three fantasy points for the week? Well, I would want to say Evans because I have him on my team. But honestly, uh, I think Antonio Brown's the guy to have right now. Tom Brady's looking his way. I mean, they was roommates all of last year. Uh I think out of the three, he's probably setting, you know, atop the other two as far as fantasy points scored this season. Uh, I know Godwin is is not doing much of anything, but next week you could have Antonio Brown and Evans put up, you know, four or five points and Godwin have 30 points. Uh, you're, you're right. You never know uh, which one of those three it's going to be. And it's tough because, like I said, having Mike Evans, he's pretty much a weekly starter for me. Uh, and you you just never know what he's going to do. Yeah, but I, I agree with you. I, I think Antonio Brown's probably the guy to own right now just for the fact of uh, value-wise. You know, you got him super late in drafts, and so that, that's the prize pick and stuff. And plus, man, Brady looks to be fine at him because people are – I think they're, the other team's best cornerbacks are up against Evans and Godwin. Uh, as far as going forward, a player that I wouldn't mind having in Dynasty would probably be Chris Godwin. Uh, I know he's franchise tagged right now with the Buccaneers, and so that means after this season they either pay the man or he goes to a different different team, different city. And so with it, he's got potential to be a, a breakout candidate next year. I know right now he's probably top 12, top 15 in Dynasty. And so uh, I think next year is going to be a big year for him. Uh, a move that I made, Get your take on this real quick, Marcus. Before Jamar Chase had his breakout, 
uh, I had traded Elijah Mitchell, Trey Sermon, and Jalen Hurts. I ended up getting Baker Mayfield and Mike Evans. And this was in a rebuild that I'm in. So I ended up turning Mike Evans around and trading Mike Evans in a mid-round, first-round pick next year for Jamar Chase in an early second. What's, what's your take on that Mike Evans-Jamar Chase swap? Oh, in a dynasty league, I'm, you know, all day long. I, I want Chase for the future. Uh, like you said, Evans is – I don't know if he'll ever be the guy there because as soon as they don't pay uh, Godwin – Brady's just going to go out and recruit somebody else. They're always – as long as Brady's there, they're going to have three or four receivers. He'll just get a – he'll get, you know, Julian Edelman out of retirement or something. <laughs> uh, and, and the thing, too, that we're not thinking about is you got Gronk's not healthy right now. Yep. When, when You know, you got probably – I'm going to say this week maybe Gronk – they never did put him on IR. So, mm-hmm. Gronk's probably coming back this week. And then you've got that fourth option that you got to compete with. So, yeah, I definitely, I definitely think Chase uh, is is better to have on the team going forward. Yeah, and, and as so, far as you said, as far as you said though, before we move on about my team, I think never again do I want to be put in the main event. Uh, I, my my team's great, but it just doesn't perform well under pressure, which means I'll probably make the playoffs and get put out in the first round. But I'm four and two, and I've only lost the two main events I've been in. So. No more do I want to be put in the main event. Hey man, as as a good commissioner, I'll take that, I'll take that uh, that request and I'll I'll pass it <laughs> I'll pass it on. Uh, and so uh, moving forward, this is a fun segment that I thought we could do. It'd be a little bit different uh, just for our weekly change up segment. So far, the past couple of weeks, what we've done is we've had a WWE fantasy lineup that we've done as far as like WWE superstars goes. Uh, we've done uh, pregame and halftime favorite locker room speeches and movies. And so this week, um, something in the past of the fantasy footballers, another podcast, shout out to them that I, I love listening to, uh, they did was comparing fantasy football players to Halloween candy. And so it may be based on their value, good performances, bad performances, whatever it is. Uh, so basically what I want to do is take this time and without further ado, let's take some uh, let's take some time and look at our Halloween candy fantasy comparisons. So, Marcus, real quick, man, uh, I'm going to go first. And I'll let you follow it up. All right. All right. So p- picture this. It's Halloween night. You're decked out in your Power Rangers costume or whatever it is. Your parents pull up to your neighbor's house that looks old and run down. Uh, if you're from our neck of the woods, it's pretty much half the houses around here. Uh, you tell your parents you'd rather go to the Tupelo or the suburbs where the good candy is. They tell you to just trust them. You reluctantly get out of your car, walk in the gravel, step over the what looks to be dead cat on the porch, ring the doorbell that doesn't work, knock on the screen door that's ripped, and out walks your old farmer neighbor. You look up and mumble, trick or treat. And he says, it's about time y'all show up. Here you go, Sonny. And then he pulls out this huge king size Kit Kat. What would your what would your emotions be there, Marcus? I like Kit Kats. And I'm hey. fat, so I'd be happy. <laughs> but, exactly. it, but it's definitely definitely a Ninja Turtle costume, not Power Rangers. Uh, you know, tomato tomato. And so, uh, but basically, man, the one thing that you wouldn't expect when you got that, you'd light up, right? Uh, you take yep. time to tell him thank you. You'd run back to the car, show your parents, you know, be ecstatic, all that kind of stuff. Well, this is exactly what fantasy managers feel like when they drafted Corderell Patterson or picked him up off of waivers on their team. If you drafted him, you didn't want to draft him. If you picked him up on waivers in week one, week two, you didn't expect him to get the production that you're getting out of him right now. So here's my advice to you, fantasy managers, to have Corderell Patterson on your squad right now. Enjoy it. Show it off, rub it in your league mates' faces, enjoy your victory lap, and win you some matchups, okay? And so, man, I, I love that comparison, though, just because, you know, we've all had moments like that to where you go and you're like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to get a toothbrush. I'm going to get some Tootsie Rolls. I'm going to get this or that. And then you go up there and it's like, boom, here's the big candy, your favorite candy of the day. And so I think Cordero Patterson, man, he's a he's a good comparison to that. Nobody really expected that. Nobody saw that coming. And so if you've got him on your squad, enjoy that victory route by rubbing in people's faces real quick. <laughs> for sure. For sure. Well, mine, uh, you've all heard the saying, it's like stealing candy from a kid. Uh, we all know that adults don't trick or treat. Why go through all the work when you just steal the candy from your kids? The kids, 
you know, they're looking for the pretty candy, uh, the cool candy or the vampire teeth with the fake blood, the popcorn balls or whatever the new hip candy of the year is. They look right over the Reese's, uh, but the adults, they know that's where it's at. Uh, it's kind of like the fantasy guys are looking for the next best thing at quarterback. But if you're an old school guy, you went with the, with the favorite, the Reese's peanut butter cups, the Tom Brady, and it's paying off. Uh, Tom Brady currently sets at the quarterback three for the year, and uh, it's scary because it's dynasty, right? Uh, but don't worry about it because he'll play till he's 50. So kind of like the, the kids look over the, uh, the Reese's peanut butter cups. Everybody's looked over Tom Brady, but he's out there uh, out producing still all the young and hip guys. I like so, it, man. Uh, I know. <laughs> yeah, for sure. As far as me, uh, you know, we've got three kids. Uh, we always do a fall fest at the church, get a lot of candy and stuff like that. That's one of my favorite things, man. As soon as the kids go to bed when that candy's there, I'm sifting through it. I'm making sure that I got the good stuff. I mean, put it in the pantry, toss to the side, hide a little bit, stuff like that. Me and Morgan do that pretty much every year. And so, man, Brady, he's one of those guys. Uh, yeah. Brady's Brady's one of those guys, man, where people, they, they overlooked him in Dynasty. You know, like, oh, he's 44 years old or whatever. And so let's go with all of these other people. People taking, like, Tannehill over him and Dynasty Leagues and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say Brady, he's probably got another good four or five years out of him. If you've got a win-now team, then, dude, you're, you're playing them, you know? Yeah. As far as you talking about eating the kids' candy, though, all my life I've heard, you know, the – the parents uh, back before Facebook was around, you just hear people talking that uh, they was putting drugs or they was putting, you know, needles in the kids' candy. And I always thought that was legit. And you see those reports still like on Facebook and stuff like that. And I, I think it's just now, as you say that, I realize that that's been a lie my whole life. And it's the way the adults can eat the kids' candy, you know, with without, well, I've got to try that, make sure there's nothing in it, mm. eat all the good stuff. And the kids are like, well, daddy's just looking out when daddy's really just eating all the good candy. All right. So te- <laughs> let me make sure I'm not the only dad that does this. When your kids come to you and they're like, hey, dad, can you open this candy? Can you open this fruit snack? Stuff like that. You take a bite out of it when you open it, right? Absolutely. Or if they bring a, a, a drink to you, you open it and take a drink of it. Yeah, or you you open the you open the fruit snacks, eat them, and say, "Hey, go get you some too." We'll eat them together. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Nice. Uh, so let's go back to this Halloween comparison. I did one good. I want to go back to one bad real quick. Uh, one thing that I hated about Halloween is milk duds. Uh, you know, I'm talking about Marcus's little chocolate little like little chocolate sized turds that have caramel inside of them. No, I uh, hate milk duds. Bro, I can't stand them. But every year I fall under the same trap. I end up opening some milk duds because I'm like, ooh, chocolate and caramel. I put it in my mouth. I'll chew on it a little bit, think that, oh, yeah, man, it's going to be different. This is going to be good. And then every single time it gets stuck in my teeth, I have to pry it out, thinking that I'm just going to lose one of my molars. And then eventually what do I do? I go throw the whole thing in the trash and get me a different kind of candy. All right. I'm just going to say something, and I don't want people who are listening to this to take it to heart. Brandon Ayuk is a milk dud. Uh, people drafted Brandon Ayuk and Dynasty and redraft as a wide receiver, too, in the 2021 season. Dude came out last year, put on a show with Debo Samuel and George Kittle injured, and he was dominant last year, his rookie season. He looked enticing. And if you were on fantasy football Twitter, you know the hype was unreal. However, after that first game, it was evident to see that Debo Samuel was going to be the target hog of this offense. Just like a milk dud, it looked good at first because it's chocolate and caramel. But if you're like me, you start eating one, you get stuck in your teeth, you toss it out, go find something else to replace it. I think it's time to do that with Brendan Ayuk. We've been burned. The hype has died. We've tried to muster through it. But – keep getting that bad taste of bad performances in her mouth. Maybe it's time to trade him for something of value. And so, like I said, if you've got Brandon Ayuk in Dynasty, who was ranked going into the season as, I think, wide receiver 16, 17, 18. If you've got him in Dynasty, you're probably going to end up holding him. Let's just be honest. You know, 
Uh, you may try to buy into the hop, let them sit on the bench for a year or whatever, and then plug them in next year. See how it goes. Test it out. But if you got this guy in redraft, I would be tempted to drop him. If he doesn't do anything this week with George Kittle hurt, I would 100% drop him. Uh, but if you can get some value out of Brandon Ayuk, I would try to get it right now. Uh, just for an instance, me and Greg, Marcus's son, traded in Legion of Doom just a couple weeks ago. I traded Kareem Hunt for Brendan Ayuk. I'm still happy about that trade, even though Kareem Hunt's been balling out, but he just got injured. And so with it, I was more of a depth piece for, piece for wide receiver. Uh, I'm not starting Brendan Ayuk anytime soon. Uh, I'm going to let him just kind of sit on my bench for a little bit. But whenever I was thinking about him this past week, the one thing kept popping up in my mind, and that was Milk Duds. Absolutely. I agree. I think Kittle may be a milk dud, too. Man, don't, don't say if, that. If man. I, need, I, need, I need Kittle to be be like top-notch. I need him to be a well, Rolo. It's according to what you drafted him at. If you drafted Kittle thinking that he was a Darren Waller or a Travis Kelsey, I don't think he's ever going to be that. I think he's going to be a decent tight end putting up, you know, eight to 10 consistently and having some 20 point games, but I don't think he's ever going to be, you know, a top three fantasy tight end. All right. Let me ask you this real quick, Marcus. If you had Kittle right now in dynasty, would you trade him straight up for DJ Hawkinson? Absolutely. I'd rather have Hawkinson for the long haul. I think, I, I, think I think the only thing holding Hawkinson back is, is Jared Goff. And, mm-hmm. and I don't think he's, you know, another year or two. Uh, I think Detroit goes out and gets another quarterback. And when they do, if he's any count, uh, Hawkinson is going to be bumped up at that time in two years. Kelsey's older. I think Hawkinson potentially uh, is the is the tight end one, maybe in another year or two. Yep. So my, uh, my negative, and this is not going to sound like a negative starting out, but you know, there's always that one house, BJ, that you went to and they had like little toys. Uh, I know we do the thing at the church and you get them from the Oriental trading thing, and, but you got the little toys and you was the coolest kid on the block, you know, getting toys in your trick or treat bag. And you're like, Ooh, look at me. You know, I didn't even get uh, candy. I got, I got a toy to play with and it looks cool and it's fun. And everybody wants to go to the same house you went to where they get toys. The problem is, is, you know, they're a little more expensive and uh, you, you have quantities over quality because all the kids want one. It's kind of like Saquon Barkley. He's the coolest kid on the block, but he's really expensive and the quality is not there. He's fun to have for a little while, but then he breaks and you're stuck staring at the people eating the Reese cups while Saquon Barkley is broke once again and on your bench or in your IR spot. I am so sick. <laughs> of Saquon Barkley. I draft him every year. I kept him this year. My church league team, our redraft is is booming. And of course, Saquon Barkley gets hurt once again. The guy's legs are made of glass. So what what do you think about Saquon Barkley, BJ? Number one, great comparison. Uh, <laughs> I have never, ever had Saquon Barkley on my fantasy team. And Don't start I, dra- now. I drafted him in Yellowstone as my running back would. And my one in five record is showing it. Uh, but I will say, man, uh, like you said, his legs, uh, he gets injured a lot as far as like ankles, knees, stuff like that. With him being quadzilla, you wouldn't expect his legs to be that fragile, you know. But, man, he's one of those guys to where like he is great when he's healthy, you know kind of like an Arian Foster of old, uh, like a Lamar Miller mm-hmm. back in the day. When he's out there on the field, what, dude's a beast. What was the guy from the Chargers, the old running back? That Man, that dude was amazing, but he got hurt. Like every three weeks. Kind of like Antonio Cromartie. remember. No, it wasn't. I can't remember his name. I looked that up, but it, I can't remember the guy, but it, it was the same way. Like, I drafted him one year, first three weeks, everybody's trying to trade for him. And then, mm-hmm. and then you know, it, it wasn't like an ACL. It was like a hamstring out for three weeks, high ankle yep. sprain out for two weeks. I mean, it's just like, you know, you're going to get two or three weeks of production with Saquon, and then 
you're going to have two or three weeks of maybe he's going on the IR, maybe he's not. He stepped on somebody's foot. I mean, watch where you're running. <laughs> yeah, that's man, that's something, though. Uh, I know we, we focus a lot of this podcast around Legion of Doom. I just want to say thank you to Ben McCarthy, who was drafting at that four spot when I was at the five spot. And thank you to Ben for drafting Saquon Barkley over Dalvin Cook. I really appreciate that. And so we'll see how it kind of plays out going forward. I know Barkley's a little bit younger than Cook. Uh, but, man, Bar- that's the thing, man. Barkley, he's stuck in that bad offense. And if he can get out and do something, like, he would be he would be a beast. He is a beast, but he's always broke. So good comparison. I automatically think of, like, the fidget spinners and the, and the uh, finger traps and stuff like that. Like, yeah, it's cool for a little bit. But what do you always do? You always end up throwing it in the trash. And then finger traps, you pull them like three times and they break. I know, kind of like Saquon Barkley. It's a chi- it's a Chinese, yeah, it's a Chinese finger trap for two times, and then yeah. All right, so I hope you guys enjoyed that segment. We just want to do something a little bit different, kind of give a, our creative writing a little juices flowing. Uh, but Marcus, let's move forward to our last segment, our Week Six Must Start Must Sits. So who is your must-start for week six, Marcus? I went with uh, Kadarius Tony, and I actually got some some info that he may be injured, an uh, ankle injury that's going to be pretty serious. If he's not, uh, he is the real deal. Panthers are weak in the secondary, and uh, I really like him in Dynasty for the future. If he'll quit uh, punching people, trying to pick fights, uh, I, I think uh, – you know, in that in that Giants offense, like you said, that's a bad offense. Uh, but they've always you've always had that relevant receiver. Uh, Daniel Jones is a decent quarterback, uh, so I like Tony. Uh, but after I seen that he may be hurt, if he is healthy playing, I think he's going to have a big game. If he's not, I had a secondary, uh, which is Alex Collins. I think as long as Chris Carson's hurt, Alex Collins, especially with uh, with Geno. Uh, starting at quarterback, Alex Collins is a start going forward. Did you see he, where uh, Alex, Did you see where Alex Collins maybe hurt too? Is he okay? Well, then I don't <laughs> know. Start whoever you want. To. I think they said he's got like a. Uh, it's not a hamstring issue. I think it's like a. It's a butt muscle, a glute. Man, oh, man. So we'll start the start the the what was it the four string running back from the Browns? What's his name? Oh, Felton. he's a receiver actually, but they moved him to running back. Is it Johnson? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's, hey, you know, one of the three. It's got to pan out. I'm, I need to start doing that. Uh, Derrick so, Henry. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> we could we could we could pull an Adam and just say Kittle. Uh, yeah, yeah. And so I'm actually going from the same game and everything, and I am saying go with Sterling Shepard as your must start. Uh, Shepard's one of those guys, man. Where if you got him in your fantasy lineup, you're plugging them in, you're playing them. Uh, he's somebody that is not a hot commodity. It's not somebody that a lot of people is looking for in trades and stuff like that. But apparently he's turned into Daniel Jones' favorite target this season, even though they paid Kenny Galladay a buttload of money to come to New York. In the three games that Sterling Shepard has played in this year before getting hurt in week four, he's seen at least nine targets each game. He actually had 14 this past week and has been averaging 19 fantasy points per game. Like what Marcus said, it's a favorable matchup for the Giants wide receivers, and I'm going with the vet this week. Uh, man, Shepard's one of those guys where he's kind of like Cole Beasley and Hunter Renfro and people like that. You don't want to start him, but once you do, he's putting up those points and stuff. Yep. All right, Marcus, who's your must sit for this week? Uh, sit Corey Davis. He goes up against the New England Patriots, and I like Bill Belichick to do what he always does, and he's going to shut down the team's number one option. And we know that the they can't run the ball. They really can't throw the ball, uh, but their their number one option is going to be Corey Davis for sure. So uh, the Patriots' defense is looking good, as it always does, and it won't be long before they're back to winning Super Bowls. Uh, but as far as your fantasy team, you don't want your real wide receiver going up against them this week. So I put Corey Davis on the bench. I will say Who this, Who are you man. setting up with, BJ? With, oh, well, go ahead. On, on Corey Davis real quick, I like Corey Davis, but I hate Zach Wilson. Uh, I'd said in the past right now, like he's a, he's a buy low candidate. If you've got him as far as like in a rebuild and stuff like that, go out and buy him. But he is looking terrible right now. And so I don't know what the Jets organization was thinking and drafting him as two second overall last year. 
when they had Justin Fields, Trey Lance, and Mac Jones all sitting there waiting to be scooped up. Uh, I think that offense will be a lot better with a little bit more consistent quarterback play. And so I like that must-sit. Uh, my must-sit is – Oh, I'm hoping some of those trashy teams stick with their quarterback for at least one more year because I think uh, Corral's coming out. Mm-hmm. And I really don't want him to end up with the Jets or, you know, the Bears, somebody like that. Maybe he'll go to a halfway decent team. Yeah, I mean, that's that's how it is. You got to think about next year is going to be a sweepstakes as far as the free agency goes. Because I'm going to say that there's about, oh, yeah. a, I'm gonna say there's about a 75% chance that Rodgers is out uh, and moving. And I've uh, I've heard it said that he could either choose, like, top notches as far as, like, top options. Uh I know there's been rumors going around that the Steelers are going to be moving on from Big Ben this year, uh, that he may be retiring. And I've also heard rumors that uh, the Broncos may be making a play for him. And so if you've got one of those wide receivers like Judy or Claypool or somebody, that would be a nice little uptick in fantasy next year. Yeah, I think Rodgers ends up in Pittsburgh. That's just my take. Uh, and and I think – when he leaves, I think Devontae Adams, I don't know if he'll end up in Pittsburgh, but I think Devontae Adams is going to hold out. He'll be gone, too. Yeah, I do, too. Uh, so, my must-sit for this week is Khalil Herbert. He is the running back for the Chicago Bears, which you probably didn't know about. Uh, if you started him against last week against Green Bay, shout-out to you. Good job, Adam Graham. Uh, how it, like He balled out and he put up 19 fantasy points on a 19 carries, 97 yards, one touchdown stat line. However, this week, he plays against the toughest rush defense in the NFL, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So, you may be thinking about this and ask yourself, okay, well, how good is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense, rush defense, you ask? Well, so far, they've shut down Damian Harris, Mike Davis, Sonny Michelle, Miles Sanders, and Ezekiel Elliott. They've only given up one good outing to an imposing running back and that was Miles Gaskin on a fluke week. So do yourself a favor. Get a different running back to start. Stop trying to get the bold prediction points and go with another player with a higher floor. Uh, if I have him right now in my fantasy football lineup, I'm looking to make some moves to get somebody else. Uh, like I said, Elijah Mitchell, uh, Daryl Williams, whoever. I'm just looking for somebody else to plug in besides Cleo Herbert. And plus, let's just be honest, uh, that offense looks atrocious. Absolutely. Somebody in another league I'm in was talking about uh, Tampa Bay not being the best rush defense. So I looked it up. They, as far as fantasy and as NFL, you know, as, as actual football goes, they are number one in every category except one, and they're number two. And I think they've only given up one touchdown on the ground all year long, maybe two, but it's, you know, Miles Sanders, even, you know, there was a hit there at the end of the game. He had a couple big carries, but the game was, you know, pretty much in the bag. Uh, mm-hmm. They they kind of relaxed a little bit. Uh, Tampa Bay is, is a rush defense. Like I haven't seen in, in years. Uh, it, it makes me think back of uh, when Seattle was so good that you didn't play your fantasy running back. They was going up against Seattle that week. Yep, we're kind of like Pittsburgh last year. True, true. Yep, yep. yep. But uh, you got anything else, Marcus, before we close out? Man, I think that's it for the week. Uh, again, I just want to say thank you all for listening. Uh, BJ gets to keep up with all the numbers and stuff. Uh, sounds like we're growing. Uh, shout out to Robbie for for some of the people that he got to, uh, to come in and listen last week. And y'all just keep listening and and two, if you've got some, uh, you know, some advice on something you want to hear, something you want to hear us talk about, uh, send it in Facebook or Twitter, or one of the one of the platforms we're on, and give us a topic to talk about. Yep, and uh, shout out to Legion of Doom lead mates, man, y'all are the ones that inspired this podcast, and so we hope that you continue to stay active in the chat, continue to make those moves, make those trades, and let's see how good this dynasty league can be. And so, once again, thank you guys for y'all's support these past couple of weeks. We're able to grow our audience and hope you have as much fun taking a break from everyday life and listening to the podcast as we do. Follow us over on Facebook at Legacy of Legends, the Dynasty Podcast, and at Twitter at LOL Dynasty Pod. 
You can always give us an honest and genuine five-star review over on Apple Podcasts if you so choose. We look forward to continuing these episodes and putting out some good quality content. And so we will see you guys again, same time, same place next week.